G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we're talking some buy low players. Let's go. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, um, and we are presented by Sports Ethos. Uh, today we are talking some buy low players, and once again I'm joined by the fantasy guru himself, Callum Mack. How are you, mate? Um, yeah, doing well um, in the public holiday that is in Australia, so happy days. I saw you earlier um, and we had a bit of fun, didn't we, Mitchie? Yeah, we, we had a bit of a catch-up. Day off work is always nice. Break up the week on, on, on hump day. So, yeah, feeling nice and refreshed, uh, ready to, to talk some NBA basketball and some fantasy basketball today. So, yeah, uh, yeah ha- happy Australia Day to all the uh, all the Aussies out there and and anyone else if you if, if you care about <laughs> Australian public holidays. Um, but we are talking some buy low players today. Some players who we think that have been recently performing very well, maybe over expectations, over what we think they're going to do for the rest of the season. Um, so we're not going to mess around too much. I'll, I'll throw it over to you, Cal, first up. Do you want to hit us with your first buy low player for, for today's pod? Um, so he's the person I own. The first guy, um, Anthony Davis, uh, is who I wanted to talk about. Um, I named my team after him. Brow Chicka Brow Wow is in my team. But <laughs> Anthony Davis, look, he's finally back from injury. He's yeah. playing actually today um, as his first game back. It wasn't yeah. really a huge game. No. Um, but I think it's the, the Lakers need him to be healthy to make a bit of a playoff push. Um, I'd like to think it will happen, but there's always the injury risk with him. Uh, and that's just unfortunately what it's like. So now that he's back, maybe there's an argument to get him out of your team. I'm kind of sick of him. I think he's a bit of a losing recipe. Just with the injuries, um, I would probably prefer to get someone healthier. So if there's a second rounder out there even um, that fits your team, it could be worthwhile just for a bit of a safety net. Um, if you know, if you want to make a bit of a playoff push yourself in fantasy. Yeah, look, so I, I think, obviously, so he's the 11th-ranked player on the season. Um, obviously, he's he's missed a lot of games. Uh, I think he's only played the 28 games um, so far this season at time of recording. Um, but obviously, he's going to be, I guess, ramping up slowly. He didn't play a huge amount of minutes in today's game as I just pulled it up. I think it was in the mid-20s. Uh, obviously, not very exciting stat line. You may get a few more games like that. So that might uh, extend the window at which you can like float out a low offer there. Uh, but but like you said, you, you do have to take into account the injury risk. However, I feel as though the Lakers, you know, being in the position that they're in, and I know Anthony Davis often has these little niggles, you know, most seasons, but I feel like they're in the eighth seed right now. They're, they're fighting to get out of that play-in tournament kind of level and into the legit playoffs uh, LeBron's playing out of his mind. I feel like the Lakers are going to want to push Anthony Davis through any like little soft, small injuries because they want to get into that top six. So I- I'm I'm 
fairly optimistic that the small injuries are not going to limit him too much. But obviously, we know this man, that it, it does come with some risk if you are attempting to uh, acquire him and, and get him onto your team from another another um, uh, manager in your league. So just be buyer beware with that sort of stuff. But we do know that on a per-game basis, he is a first-round player. Um, but like you said, uh, managers like yourself might be frustrated, might be sick of like dealing with this guy being out. So... Uh, I, I do think you can buy low here, and especially if he does go on a run of games where coming back from injuries, he is uh, a bit slow to get himself going back again. So uh, I do think that he could be a bit of a buy low target. However, just be be aware of that. Um, what else do you have to add for Anthony Davis? Anthony Davis is a buy low target. Um, I, I just want to say, like, I th- he's on the market for me. Um, I'm kind of a bit frustrated. Um, injuries don't win championships. And, and it was a bit of a gamble uh, to take him when I did in, in our draft. And right now it hasn't really paid off. You're like, yeah, he's played well in terms of stats, but um, it's the 28 games that hurt me. Yeah, I, Honestly, do, I just feel like I can't rely on him. I do don't you, think I'll draft him again in later years unless it's a bit of a steal. So do you think that, like, you know, with the All-Star break coming up that, that- – you know, the rest might help him down the stretch of the season, or are you still always in the back of your mind a bit worried about his injuries moving into the fantasy playoffs? I think I'll always be worried being an owner, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. I, I like to think they'll go on a tear. There's a world I can imagine that uh, the Lakers bring it back. They'd maybe push for a home court in the fourth seed, go on a bit of a wing streak with him. Um, because we, we've been really judging this Lakers team, but we have to realize Anthony Davis has missed a huge chunk, and it's a bit hard chunk, to judge yeah. him based on that. So I, I think they will make a push. Uh, there's definitely a world I can see that, and maybe this by low. Um, you know, it could be good for someone uh, to take him and it could be an advantageous move. Um, It's just, as an owner myself, I'm a bit sick of him. Uh, My my position for me is like, like this season and last season, there's there's so many players that have missed a huge chunk of time. So the fact that he is missing time on like a, a, a consensus across the league, because so many other players are missing so much more time, him missing time is not as hurtful to you compared to a normal season when we don't see as many absences. Um, so for me, I think he's the game-breaking, the, the the sort of league-winning kind of player that if you can get him for like a, a third-round pick or someone who's maybe more of like a top 30 kind of range, but you can sort of um, you can sort of sell that consistency or that, that durability for someone like Anthony Davis who's like a first-round player but injury concerns... It's a risk that I think I'm willing to take, especially if I'm not in like the top two or so teams in the league. If you're in that top two, you probably don't need to add that risk. But if you're sort of a bit further down, you know, competing for those last little spots in the playoffs, I think that it is a risk that I think you can take and it could potentially really work out for you. So he is a very interesting player depending on where you are and what your tolerance is for risk. Um, but uh, yeah, just, just compa- compared to everyone else being injured and missing time, I think that the risk is like reduced a little bit because of that. What What are your thoughts on, on that kind of logic or the way I'm thinking? Do you think I'm crazy or is that, does that make sense to you? It's making a bit of sense. Um, I dare say there's a lot of people with fr- frustration having the COVID stuff in and out of lineups and there's yeah. been a lot of injuries. It has. Um, but it's just with Anthony Davis. I, I don't know. I'm this kind of, he is your first round pick. I invested so much in, yeah, in, a, in, in a first a second round, round pick. Um, it hurts that bit more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I think he is. A, he's a very interesting player, and and could decide a lot of lot of matchups in your fantasy playoffs, one way, positive or negative, or another. So, uh, I think if you can get him for a third round pick, I would be willing to do so. What would your being someone who has him on your roster? What would you be accepting? Um, I'd obviously be looking and hoping for probably a second rounder. Yeah. Um, some third round picks, if obviously it'd have to fit my my build pretty well, right. to persuade me. 
Okay, so so there is a world that if the build was right and it had the right sort of fantasy stat set that you could uh, be persuaded to someone who's in like a, a third round position just to reduce that injury risk. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think I think depending on your team, and obviously with this this goes without saying, all these buy low and sell highs that we're going to be talking about tomorrow as well, always keep in mind that it's never a one for one transaction. It, it's it's what you're looking for in your team, and if and if you need like blocks, if you need rebounds and points and good field goal percentage, Anthony Davis can do that for you. If you need high volume of threes and assists, uh, well then Anthony Davis probably isn't going to be the player that you're going to be looking to, to to sort of buy a low one. So just always keep that in mind when we talk about these players and and you ask your questions as well. Uh, let's move on to the next buy low player, another first round pick, and this time it's a, a player on my roster. Um, I'm going to be talking Steph Curry because I think you can get him uh, somewhat cheap. Obviously, it's still Steph Curry, and he was the you know uh, pretty much a consensus top three or four pick in fantasy drafts this year. But in the last two weeks, he has uh, obviously dropped off. In the last month, really, he's dropped off a fair bit in terms of his shooting. His uh, field goal percentage is right down. The threes are below where we expect him to be. The points are down as well. He is still... Um, on the season, ranked very highly. He's the fifth-ranked player on the season, but in the last 30 days, he is actually outside the top 50, which is definitely something that um, can be wearing uh, managers thin. You know, shooting 36% from the field is not going to cut it for the player you selected first. Um, so I think that you can definitely maybe swoop in and grab Steph Curry for someone who might not be a first round or maybe even a second round pick. What are your thoughts on, on Steph Curry and how we see him going? Yeah, I, I think it's probably a bit more of a slump, but it's been prolonged now. Um, it's been a while. Said, 30, it has, yeah. The past month, 36% from the field uh, is very unlike mm. Steph Curry. Um, and look, we, we were very much saying, you know, this guy should be the unanimous second pick in the draft. And and for the first month or so, he, it was, he very, was the best yeah. fantasy guy out there. Um, as of now, obviously he's, he's dropped out a bit. Um, yep. you got someone like Jokic up there, um, even Embiid making a bit of a James push for that now. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a bit disappointing. Um, I, I'd like to think he can turn it back on and I think it would be tough, um, to trade him for a second rounder just because, um, like, I, I feel like the investment, you, you have to keep him, you have to stand by him. Yeah. Um, a second rounder, I, I'd still probably be holding on to him personally, but if you can, if you can make it. Uh, persuasive argument to grab him. Why not? Um, I understand Draymond's out and, and he works so well with Draymond. Yeah. Probably is, you know, one of the reasons his field goal has dropped a bit. Um, he was, he was going cold. Chemistry. He was going cold well before Draymond went out though. Um, he, he definitely has taken like, I think ever since that like three point record um, was accomplished or even like slightly before that as well, he, his, his percentages have dropped way off, um, which is definitely hurting his value. Um, I want to throw a scenario out there. In the last month, I'm looking at a player, Fred Van Vliet is the fourth-ranked player. Now, we are very big Fred Van Vliet fans. Um, would, you, would you be willing, so if you had Fred Van Vliet and I had Steph Curry, would you be willing to part with Fred to trade for Steph Curry? Um, I, think, I think you would, and, and that's just because with Fred Van Vliet, I feel like you were doing a punt field goal, so they both kind of fit your build. And I think, once again, Steph Curry's got a higher ceiling. Yeah, right now, I think it is a bit of a slump. Uh, overall, he'll be a better fantasy output, even in the punt field goal. See, I don't know if I actually do that trade. If um, if I'm the Fred Van Vliet manager, I actually think that I might try and go lower than than that kind of level of player because uh, Fred obviously is going to give you the steals that Steph won't. 
And there is a world that I could see starting from now and to the rest of the season that Fred actually could be the better ranked fantasy player. Um, it's Look, I probably still would hedge my bets and say Steph Curry outperforms him, but I think I wouldn't be totally shocked if it was Fred that outperformed Steph from this point on to the, the end of the season. So for that reason, I would try and go lower. Maybe someone like a uh, Darius Garland or something like that might be the kind of level, like piggybacking off like a hot name, someone who's averaging um, you know, over 10 assists and things like that, but has deficiencies elsewhere in his game. Uh, someone like that might be the kind of player that you, you might be able to throw it out there. It is Steph. It's going to be hard because it's obviously someone's first pick, but he is someone who has struggled for a significant amount of time. Also, you can throw out the narrative that Clay Thompson is back and, and he's going to lose usage and lose points and things like that. I don't think that would be the case, but you could use that to your advantage when negotiating trade talks with a, a panicking manager. Um, even another name thrown out there that's pretty pretty high in the rankings, DeJounte Murray. Yeah, um, he's been killing it this season. Quite, quite different stat set, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's true. But I, Steph Curry kind of fits really any build, so it's yeah. People could have gone one of many ways. Um, so Dejounte obviously is a bit more specific, a bit more of a punt three pointer. Yeah, um, could go punt points as well. But um, yeah, look, if it fits, that could be worth running out there. Yeah, I, I do think, though, there are a few narratives you can use in your argument, and you might be able to get a first-round pick uh, on the cheap, which which doesn't often happen uh, in, in fantasy circles. But let's move on to your next buy-low player. Who have you got, Cal? Um, so my next guy is Miles Turner. And yes, look, he is injured right now. Uh, I guess one of the reasons he is a buy-low, they're, they're saying he is expected to be sidelined until February 10th, um, which is the trade deadline. There were some articles saying he was unsatisfied with his role, a bit of writing on the wall for a potential trade. We know that Indiana Pacers are looking to blow it up, whether it's him, Sabonis. Um, I think, obviously, for now, he's silent to the 10th. Um, that's another argument for a buy low. But I think whatever team he goes on afterwards, it will be a net positive, um, and it will be um, beneficial for Miles Turner. You you think so? So is that is there a team out there that you think that he's like that he could potentially get traded to that he is worse off than than in Indiana? Um, I don't know. Have we lost you there, Cal? You're good. Um, I think overall it's a it's a win, um, and you have to. Oh, we've just lost Callum there. I'm sure we will get him back in a second. All right, we got Callum back there after uh, a few technical difficulties. But sorry, we were talking Miles Turner. Um, my question to you, Cal, was who uh, is there a team out there that you feel like his trade or sorry his fantasy value goes down, or do you think that wherever he goes, it's it's probably a net positive given the fact that he's sharing that uh, front court with uh, Sabonis or has been for the last couple of years? Um, I think it's pretty much a net positive, really anywhere. I don't think anyone's going to invest in him to be a backup center. Um, and yep. for that reason, I think he will be in more of the offense. We've even seen over the past few games before he went out with this injury that they were benching him a bit in the fourth and running with yeah, they were an offensive lineup. So I, I think he'll still get the blocks. Um, any, with, anyone with a good defensive scheme, though, that's his strength. So I, I think that will be maintained. That it is main fantasy strength in general. I think the points go up and the rebounds could go up. So it should be a net positive. Yeah, I, I can I can definitely see like the usage going up at, with a change of scenery. He's only obviously averaging 13 points a game um, and on low volume as well. He's doing that efficiently. Uh, the 2.8 blocks obviously has been ridiculous, but he is someone who has done that for multiple years. So we can see that that is something that's going to replicate. I do I do worry a little bit with a different scheme, a, a scheme that's maybe not so um, pushing players into the 
into the paint, um, funneling them through to someone like a Miles Turner. Maybe his blocks drop off a little bit and maybe go from like a 2.8 to like a 2.2 or something like that. And even though 2.2 blocks per game is still elite, it's it's still like over like basically half a block game less, which is a big hit to his value. Um, but it, that could be that could be nothing. It might it might just stay the same or even go back closer to three per game. It's it's hard to really tell. Um, I think if you are trying to trade for Miles Turner, you do have to just keep in mind that he could very well be out until the trade deadline uh, in a couple of weeks' time. So uh, maybe a bit of patience would be required. So if you're if you're fighting for playoff spots, maybe this isn't the buy low for you. But if you can afford to be patient, then then it could the reward could be uh, could be high. And we could even use that for your argument as well. Like, oh, he's out for a few weeks. Um, and I think the investment is that he is moved on. Yeah. And and even if he's not moved on, it could be someone like Sabonis that's moved on and, and he gets an yeah. increased role. Yeah, there's two there's two possibilities that increases his value in terms of either he's traded or uh, the other teammate who he's sharing the front court with is traded. So that is, that is a good point. So uh, double your chances to make an improvement there. Uh, let's move on to the next buy low, guys. We, we're going to have a few big men for you guys to, to, to mull over here because my next buy low is Rashawn Holmes uh, of the Sacramento Kings. Uh, the Sacramento Kings had a terrible game uh, today against my Boston Celtics uh, with only one player scoring over 10 points today, uh, losing by 50 points to the Celtics. Really, really bad game. Uh, at the time of recording, Rashawn Holmes has played uh, four games since uh, returning back uh, from an injury, uh, I want to say, I'm trying to remember what his injury was or if it was a COVID um, outage. It was probably a little bit longer than that, but he it, is... It was, a, it was a combination of both. There was an injury and then it was COVID and then there was right. conditioning coming back. Yeah, so so obviously he's missed a fair bit of time. Um, he's probably disappointed thus far this season. Uh, however, I do still think that like the, the basis of why you drafted Rashawn Holmes is still there. He's still averaging 70% field goal percentage, which is huge. He is still someone who's uh, somewhat reliable from the free throw line as a center. Solid rebounds over a block per game, low turnovers. So the the building block's still there. He's still doing what you sort of expect him to do. Maybe a slight drop in points, uh, maybe a slight drop in, in some blocks. Um, but basically, he's still doing what you want your big men to be doing. Uh, but I, I suspect that some managers out there are getting frustrated with the inconsistency and just the, um, you know, the returns, especially since that uh, injury break, have been less than uh, less than ideal. So I can I can imagine there's some impatient uh, managers out there with Rashawn Holmes on their roster. So I think you can get him on the cheap. Um, yeah, that would be. He is back now, though, and it hasn't been a bit of a standout. So you could use that um, as an argument. I, I do have Rashawn Holmes in one of my pun assist builds. Uh, that's where he is suited best yeah. um, in terms of fantasy punts. And and look, I would, I guess, be listening to some offers because overall for the season he has been a bit of a disappointment. Um, I, I did draft him a bit later, and I got him a bit more of a steal. Um, yeah. His current rank of seventy second, I, I think I got him around there. Might have been around the sixties. Um, so not a huge loss for me. Um, but yeah, the field goal is awesome. Uh, he, he shoots free throws well for a big man. Um, and, and obviously the points and rebounds. Um, I, I, I think, could you trade him? I'd be maybe looking like what, what would be your um, so, kind of range? Yeah. Which- so he's like ranked, he's ranked 119th in the last couple of weeks, which is basically taking into account those last sort of five games uh, that he's played since coming back from the injury and COVID illness. Um, but the one, one of the biggest things that is 
lower for him is uh, minutes. He's only averaging 22 or nearly 23 minutes per game, so I can definitely see that coming up. The boards are well down as well. Um, and I just don't see anything really threatening his his playing time as he gets back up to speed. So um, I think he's definitely a safe sort of like top 70 player. Um, so if you can get him for someone maybe like in the 80s or 90s um, and, and just boost up your value a little bit there, uh, I, I definitely would be would be keen to do so. What, what do you Fair think? I'm a, I, look, I think, it, yeah, as an owner, I probably would be going for a little bit more, but um, it depends how desperate you are. Yeah, yeah. It, it depends on, on how patient the, the, the manager is and, and how much they're willing to sort of, uh, you know, you can use you can use some things. Maybe you can throw out the uh, um, the the Bagley uh, argument and say that he's taking his minutes, or I don't know. Maybe there's there's a few other things that you could you could throw out there. But he's not he's someone who I've often seen questions or or comments, or people don't really see the value in a Rashawn Holmes because he doesn't score a whole lot of points. He's he's not flashy with his stats, so um, you know sometimes he is undervalued because of that. And I still think that he is someone who gives you exactly what you want from the big man, especially that field goal percentage and those blocks um, is, is extremely valuable, uh, especially if those are two categories you're looking for. Um, let's move on to your uh, last buy low here, Cal. Who have you got? Oh, we're keeping the big man rolling. And I have John Collins, um, who is on my team as well with my pun assist team, as we mentioned with uh, Rashawn Holmes. Um, he hasn't really performing too well as of late. Um, over the past, let's say the past 30 days, he's dropped to the 127th ranked guy. And, and that's kind of on, you know, bad assists, which I guess you're known for, but it's the counting stats and the steals and blocks. Um, his blocks have dropped down yep. over the past month or so. There has been some, I guess, changes in the lineups there at um, Atlanta. The Kongwu's had some time. Um, they're doing some weird things with Clint Compeller. Yep. Um, but he just, I guess, hasn't been reaping the benefits as of late. There's been some rumors coming out of the camp. Some trade rumors. Um, with it, with another trade, whether that would be a benefit or a negative, I guess we'll wait to find out. Um, if they're getting someone like a Jeremy Grant, that's probably a negative for him. Um, even though I do still think, obviously, he's an awesome fit with Trey Young, um, but he's getting paid on the other end of things. So it's an interesting situation. Um, but because he has been underperforming as of late. He could be a bit of a buy low target. Yeah, I think definitely in his last month, if you're going off that kind of a ranking, ranked 127th in the last month, that's definitely way lower than what we would expect him to be. On the season, he's still the 35th ranked player. So I think he's still a very solid top 50 option. Um, there probably is less of a, it's probably less of a slam dunk that his value is going to increase at the trade deadline. He could go somewhere where it maybe dips a little bit or stays the same. I don't think it's going to fall off a cliff. I think wherever he's going, he's still going to be a starter. But like you said, that pairing with Trey Young um, could be benefiting him a lot. Um, say he goes somewhere like a Detroit, I think that that would still be beneficial for him because he might be one of the top usage players on a team like that. But if it's more of a contending team like uh, Philadelphia or something like that, we've seen some rumors with him and Ben Simmons, that would obviously be a big negative if he went there. So there's enough sort of downside there to just be a bit cautious with your, with your offer, but if, if you're going off his recent performance, I definitely think he's going he's gonna to outperform that than uh, what he's been doing uh, over that time. And I think you can, I, I would be valuing him as a top 50 player moving forward or, or, or around that sort of you know, 40s, uh, maybe early 50s in terms of rankings, but still someone who's going to give you solid... Um, his field goal percentage is 
Uh, should be north of 50, 55% solid rebounds. The block's around one a game. He give you some uh, threes from the so center-eligible player, solid free throw percentage from a center-eligible player, so he does fit a few different builds as well. Uh, let's move on to our last buy low, and it is actually his teammate, another fellow big man, Clint Capella. Now, this is a bit of a... I want to have a bit of a, cons- uh, uh, a conversation about Clint Capella because, again, we are getting closer to the trade deadline, so a lot of these guys are coming up in rumors and things like that. However, I do want it to be known that the Atlanta Hawks cannot trade Clint Capella until the end of the season. So you can be rest assured that he is staying on this Hawks team. Um, the coach has come out and said that he's going to remain the starter, even though there is a lot of talk that Onyeka Kongu should be the uh, the starting center on this team now. I think that will happen eventually, but I don't think it's going to happen until this uh, next season. Um, I think Capella is still going to be the starter. He's working his way back from uh, an injury to his foot, uh, and so the last couple of games, his minutes have been down, and it's been very underwhelming. But he's still someone who's going to give you those classic big guy stats. And if you're punting free throw percentage, he's definitely someone who I would consider buying low uh, to bolster those rebounds. Obviously, we know he's a huge rebounder, good shot blocker, excellent field goal percentage guy. So if you need those three stats, uh, there's not many players better that can boost those sort of uh, stats for you, as long as you're willing to uh, live with the um, terrible free throw percentage or if you don't give a shit about that category anyway. Uh, what are your thoughts about Clint Capella? Are you are you worried about uh, a Congo taking his starting role or anything like that, or or the trade deadline moving some things around with these Hawks, or or what what do you think about him uh, rest of season? I'm worried for his minutes to go down a bit. I think Onyeka has decided like deserved um, a bit more of a prominent role. Yeah, and and I guess with the John Collinses of the world as well, throwing in a bit more minutes um, that can play that center position, Capella. Um, yeah, I think maybe he is a bit more of a, for the rest of the season, may not be putting up the, the shoot stats. Definitely not what he put up last season. No, probably anyway. not. Um, in, in terms of, I mean, even the past month, he has dropped off. He's the 128th player. Um, did miss some time there, yes, uh, but the block's only at one a game. Um, but then again, for the season, they have been pretty solid at about 1.4, um, 12.8 rebounds. Um, the free throws, my God, it's um, pretty shocking this season. Yeah, it's pretty uh, bad. Below fifty. Well, we knew that. Is we we did. We knew you were going to punt it, but um, that's um, it's next level. Historic. Those kind of numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty bad. It's not on huge attempts, but yeah, when you're shooting forty six percent, it's um, it's it's going to hurt. Um, like I I hear you on the minutes, and that is obviously a risk. I don't think he's going to be the same player or the player that we thought he was going to be. It's really weird, man. Like Clint Capella was such a defensive beast last year. And this year, it's just not happening. I, I, and I don't know why. I don't know what's changed or what's different for him. Uh, I don't know why the Hawks are so much worse this year compared to last year. I must admit, I haven't watched a huge amount of Hawks games this year. But just looking at their, their standings at the moment in, in the East, it's it's really confusing because obviously they were doing really well last year in the playoffs. And uh, they haven't changed their roster a huge amount. Um, it, it's really quite surprising. A lot of it is just due to the fact that Capella is not doing what he did last year. Um, and there's no real clear reason as to why. Um, but I still think in limited minutes, even if he's not getting 30, 32 minutes a game, even if he's getting like 27, 28 minutes per game, he's still going to be someone who's going to put up over 10 rebounds. He's going to give you a block at least a game. He's still going to be shooting 60% from the field. Like that stuff doesn't change for him. Um, he might just it, it might just be a little bit lower than what we expected, but he's still the same guy who's going to help you in the same kind of stats. So that's why I think there's a lot of panic going on with Clint Capella. And I think you can get him for maybe someone around like a, 
a hundredth ranked player, especially um, if if you're not worrying about free throw percentage, I think you can get them really cheap. Yep. Yeah. Look, I, I'm uh, once again free throw percentage. It's a main factor for him. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, it's a it's a punt free throw uh, build only in that circumstance. So that will do it for today's podcast, guys. Thank you for tuning in. We've got. Uh, I know when this podcast drops, there will be uh, shortly revealed the all star starters coming out. We're going to be doing a podcast very soon about who we think should be on the all star team starters and bench. So make sure you stay tuned for that one. Make sure you give this um, a podcast and this video a thumbs up on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed over on podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Hit any questions in the comments, and we will see you guys next time. Laters.